Well, let's pray. Shall we? Lord, we thank you for fathers. We thank you, dear Lord, that you have given us fathers. Fathers that will show us the direction. Fathers that will love us. Fathers, dear Lord, that will lead us toward you. So I thank you, Lord, and may you grant us this message, dear Lord, of how you want us to be with you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today's scripture passage taken from the book of Judges, chapter 17, one, verse 1 to 13. And it reads, There was a man named Micah who lived in the hill country of Ephraim. One day, he said to his mother, I heard you place a curse on the person who stole 1,100 pieces of silver from you. Well, I have the money. I was the one who took it. The Lord bless you for admitting it, his mother replied. He returned the money to her and she said, I now dedicate these silver coins to the Lord in honour of my son. I will have an image carved and an idol cast. So when he returned the money to his mother, she took 200 silver coins and gave them to a silversmith who made them into an image and an idol. And this was placed in Micah's house. Micah set up a shrine for the idol and he made a sacred ephod and some household idols. Then he installed one of his sons as his personal priest. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. One day, a young Levite who had been living in Bethlehem in Judah arrived in that area. He had left Bethlehem in search of another place to live. And, he tra- as, and as he travelled, he came to the hill country of Ephraim. He happened to stop at Micah's house as he was travelling through. Where are you from? Micah asked him. He replied, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am looking for a place to live. Stay here with me, Micah said, and you can be a father and priest to me. And I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, plus a change of clothes and your food. The Levite agreed to this, and the young man became like one of Micah's sons. So Micah installed the Levite as his personal priest, and he lived in Micah's house. I know the Lord will bless me now, Micah said, because I have a Levite serving as my priest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, today is Father's Day, and some of you may be wondering, what has this passage got to do with fathers? You know, I was first drawn to this very verse when Micah said to the Levite, you can be a father and priest to me. I'll explain more about this verse later. You know, you can be a father and priest to me. In the first place, did you even know that a passage like this exists, existed in the book of Judges? You know, when we think of the book of Judges, the first thing that comes across our minds are... Judges, right? <laughs> the judges that God appointed. Hence, this book of Judges should be, you know should be about the lives about judges. So in that case, why was this story recorded in the book of Judges? But let us take this time to discover together and prayerfully, you know, we can come to a certain clarity and conclusion at the end of this sermon. Let me first begin with the first A. In fact, when I first started first A, uh, 
our PTM Gerald, has already talked about the absence father. You know, I think he has shared about, during his prayer, he shared half my sermon. <laughs> and I didn't communicate this to him. Amazingly, he has shared half my sermon. Okay? So when Micah, okay, the thing is this, what was this A stand for? The absent father. You see, when Micah had stolen the 1,100 pieces of silver from his mother, and let me tell you this, uh, that is a lot of money, okay? If you compare it to what the Levite was getting, the Levite was taking 10 silver pieces annually. So it would take him 110 years to be able to accumulate 1,100 pieces of silver. Well, the mother of Micah is a rich lady, very rich family instead. But when, that, when Micah stole the money, where was his father? You know, scholars, scholars have made mention that these 1,100 pieces of silver were his mother's funeral money. You know, in, in, in uh, Singapore, we call it Kwan Chai Pen. Okay? So what Mika did okay, was pure evil okay, toward his own mother. Where was his father? When Mika's mother decided to make a calf image and an idol cast in honor of Mika, not God, where was his father? When Micah decided to set up a shrine for the idol and make a sacred, sacred ephod and more household idols after that, where was his father? When Micah installed one of his sons as his personal priest, which should never be done okay, in such a manner, where was his father? Okay, well, some of you may have considered that Micah's father may may no longer be alive, hence he was absent from this event. Or perhaps he had chosen to be purposefully absent. There was, however, no recording of this. But bear in mind, this deterioration and lack of spiritual direction is not the fault of just one generation, but many generations. But the obvious purpose for stating this is this, that father's role are very important. Very, very important. Okay? And why are fathers so important in the family nucleus? What is the role of a father in a family? Simple. The role of a father is to teach our children about God. The role of the father is to provide spiritual direction, spiritual education, spiritual tutelage to direct our children to God. In short, fathers have the responsibility of providing a spiritual mandate. A spiritual mandate. You know, it sums it all. It includes spiritual direction, spiritual instructions, a spiritual charge, and a spiritual authority. Fathers have a very important role to teach their children about God through this spiritual mandate. You know, in Deuteronomy 11, verse 19, it says this, okay, Teach them to your children. Talk about them, you know, when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. There's one thing that my family and I, we, we, we do every day. Okay, before we go to bed, we will pray. And when we are on the road in a car, we will pray together. So every day, we will do this together. However, sometimes you know, when the routine starts to change, right, and then we miss a few days, uh, my, my children asked me, Daddy, how come we didn't pray? Uh? <laughs> you know, how come we didn't pray? Okay? So things like this. It became, it became important for them to pray. 
So it's, it's good also that one about this that we, we, we learn to bring this to our family, to pray together, to bring God into our family. Teach them to your children. This is the father's responsibility to teach them this. But teach what? Nah? Teach what? What are we to teach? What should we be teaching our children? Verse 13 states it very well. If you, care, if you carefully obey the commands I am giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God and serve Him with all your heart and soul, that is what fathers should be teaching their children, to love God with all their heart and soul, and also to serve God with all their heart and soul. Okay, Not only to love, but to serve also. By, and all this through obeying God's command. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? A child once told me, my father is never around. And when he is around, he is also not here. Because he's always on his phone. Are you an absent father or absent parent? You know, this is also a good reminder for me that not to be an absent father the gadget that we have with us can cause us to be absent fathers. The story of Micah revealed what happened when the father is absent. There is another A to remember. We should be cautious of this. Anarchy. Okay? There is national anarchy. Everybody did what they wanted. Everybody did what seems right in their own eyes. Everybody just do whatever they, they deem fit. Anarchy. When fathers don't fulfill their role, there's anarchy. And it was recorded okay, in, in verse 6, as I mentioned earlier. This is pure anarchy without God. Imagine a country without social and moral laws to govern it. If we examine our civil laws, you will realize that the moral and ethical laws from our Ten Commandments are embedded inside it. And if there is no laws from God, there's anarchy. And without the fathers to point the family toward God, the people did whatever they wanted in their own eyes. Many generations of absent fathers has had placed the entire generation of Israel on their knees. You know, it actually began right at the beginning, right after Joshua and the elders had passed on. It was stated there, the next generation did not know God at all. Pastor Anthony preached on this before, and so did I. A generation of absent fathers crippled the entire nation. Instead of turning to God himself, you know what Micah did? Micah thought he could rely on alien fathers. You know, which is my next point, alien fathers. You know, when I mention alien fathers, I'm mentioning it uh, in the context of this story in Judge, Judges 17. Okay, that Micah imported an alien to father his family. When he mentioned this uh, in verse 10, stay here with me, when he mentioned to the Levite. You can be a father and priest to me. Micah relied on an alien father to father his family spiritually. The spiritual mandate should be anchored and exemplified by the father in the family, not by an alien fathers. The father in the family have to lead by example 
on what is meant to love God continually. When fathers see their when fathers or when children see their fathers loving God and worshipping God, they will follow suit. If the fa- it is the father's responsibility to teach their children to love God. As children see their fathers loving God, they will also learn to do the same. The best person to teach their children to love God is the fathers themselves. By words and by action. The family nucleus is for the purpose of understanding God better. Therefore, fathers have the responsibility of showing how to love God. As fathers show love to their children, children will learn to love their own children after that. As fathers show, learn to love God or show how they love God and respect to God, their children will also learn how to submit to God. I believe we wouldn't want our children to be fathered by another person. We would love to teach our children the way God wants us to. Eugene Peterson mentioned something rather beautiful. He said this, that we are a splendid, never-to-be-duplicated story of grace. And because we are a splendid and unique story of grace, God may want us, each unique family, to be built up God may want us to build up our unique children to be drawn to God through the unique stories of our lives and not through an alien father. And also perhaps God wants us fathers to learn from our children too. And if an alien father is fathering fathering our children spiritually, fathers cannot learn from their children. What are the alien fathers of today. Well, they come in many forms. It can be a person, it can, or more, more than often nowadays, it comes in a small little black box with a screen. Handphones, iPads, you know, have become the alien fathers of our current generation. Our children choose what they want to read. They choose what they, what they find as easiest to accept. In this, gen- in, this, in this current generation, our children select their own alien fathers and whatever fits it and accommodate what they want. Let me say this again, okay? It's really dangerous, okay? Our current generation of children select their own alien fathers. Whatever fits it and accommodates what they want. That's how dangerous it is. They choose what they want. And which leads to my third point, accommodating fathers. What does this passage in Judges 17 have to talk about accommodating fathers? Mika, Mika said to the Levite, stay here with me and you can be a father and priest to me and I will give you 10 pieces of silver a year plus a change of clothes and your food. The Levite agreed to this and the young man became like one of Mika's sons. So Mika installed the Levite as his personal priest and he lived in Micah's house. I know the Lord will bless me now, Micah said, because I have a Levite serving as my priest. Who is the boss? Micah is still the boss. You know, because Micah paid the Levite 10 pieces of silver a year and gave him change of clothes and food. 
Although the Levites was supposed to provide spiritual mandate for Micah's family, he, however, needed to accommodate Micah's mandate, like you know, the inclusion of Micah's idols, the Micah's shrine, other elements like the sacred ephod, which are wrong. The Levite actually accommodated to what Micah wanted. If you are really interested to know what happens after that, in Judges 18, do read on. Because those idols brought a lot of trouble for Micah. The role of a priest is to draw people to God. And the role of a father is to direct our family to God. And we know today, there's no other way except through Jesus Christ. We should not accommodate other ways of reaching God except through the blood of Christ. Therefore, my families, my friends, let us not be, let us not be accommodating parents or fathers, drawing others away from God. There's no other way except through Jesus. Micah thought that he can reach God through his idols and calf images. Micah thought that by having a Levite in his house, he could be closer to God. The only way for us to reach God is through Jesus Christ, which we know today. You know, James Bryan Smith mentioned in his book, The Good and Beautiful Community. And he said, and he said this, something so, so crucial and important. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. The Levite is an accommodating father who served for the wrong reasons. He needed food, shelter, and he needed money. The Levite's heart was focused on the food, the money, and the shelter. Micah also had it all wrong. He wanted to fit God into his, his description of who God should be. He fit God to be an idol, an ephod, a shrine. The heart of the matter for Micah is that he has made God through his own description. Micah has placed God into his preferential box. Micah has actually made himself God indirectly. Micah is God of that family at that time, which is wrong. And that is very wrong. You see, Micah and probably the rest of Israel have forgotten who they really are. They have lost the image of God within them. Therefore, they sought after God in the wrong places and they do whatever they deem fit. Are there areas in our lives that we seem to be doing what we feel that is right in our own eyes? Uh, you know, there may be some areas in our lives that we are doing it the way we want it. Are you following God or have you created a God that follows you? How do we know if we have gone wrong? You know, the Christian community is very important and crucial because they will help us to warn us when we are steering wayward. Pastor Lee talked about cell group. You know, I was in charge of cell group for many years here in Amokyo Methodist Church. You know, currently we are engaged in what we call the class meeting. 
You know, a class meeting has one crucial, important thing. Number one, the first thing is this, that it, it, it creates us, you know, an environment for us to give a free inquiry into the state of our soul. A free inquiry into the state of our soul. So it is not that we are forced to be accountable to someone, or, you know, but because we want to share with our Christian community to watch over us as we also watch over them. And the second thing is this, that um, we, we begin by very simple questions. And the question, of course, in the past, Wesley will say this, how has your soul prospered? But in today's term is this, how is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with God? You know, you may think that, wow, so simple. But let me tell you thing. If you do ask yourself now, how is your relationship with God? It's going to take you a while to think about it and to be able to answer that. It's not an easy question to answer. And we do that all the time when we meet for class meeting to ask ourselves. We come prepared asking ourselves how is our relationship with God? And we share. You know, if it's good, we share. If it's not so good, why? We also share. And all this, okay, when we do all this sharing, we do it um, without judgmental, judgmentalism, it's all confidential. You know, um, we come sharing one crucial thing, our Christian stories. What is Christian stories? Christian stories is not about, you know, complaining about this person in office, what he has done for us, what he has done to me and so on, or this person, you know, uh, at, a, at home and so on. It's not about complaining to someone. It is about what God has revealed to you about yourself. It is about what God has shown through a revelation, through the Word of God. It can also be a devotion. A devotion what, that God has revealed to you in your devotion, a word of God. Imagine this, you know, every one of us taking five minutes to share what God has done in our lives. It is no longer one person teaching everyone. It is everybody teaching and learning from everyone. Do you know how powerful that is? And that is class meeting. And that is the way that we can watch over one another. And that is the way that we can warn one another when someone has gone wayward or we ourselves have has gone wayward. Which leads me to my last point, which is the S father. Okay, S okay, meaning spiritual fathers. Okay? And there are other S as well that I'm going to talk about. You see, the family is our most immediate and direct platform for us to practice our spiritual mandate. It is our primary arena as shared by James Bryan Smith. Christian apprenticeship begins at home. Christian apprenticeship begins at home. Fathers have the spiritual responsibility of leading their families to God. So when your children have their own families, they will also do the same and lead their families to God. And this is the continuation of the spiritual mandate. And the continuation of spiritual mandate is passed down through our children. When fathers are no more, their spiritual mandate will continue with their children or surviving parent. If you want a better society, begin first with our own family. Therefore, the second S is this, that we have a societal responsibility that begins first with our own family, which Gerald talked about earlier. We have a, we have a societal responsibility and it begins in our home. Okay, a good society is at work when many families coming together are coming together to make our home a better place. 
The third S is serve. If we want our children to serve God, we as fathers must be serving God too. Okay, this is a picture I got permission from uh, for Andrew. You can see uh, little Ezekiel, you know, uh, was sitting there in the organ, trying, trying to mimic his father, you know, who was playing so beautifully. You know, I, I, I'm sure you've seen him during, during anniversary, he's up there trying to sing or so. You see, this is what it is. If we are worshipping God, if we are serving God, if we are loving God, our children will follow suit. They will want to learn what their fathers are doing. This picture, this picture shows it all. This picture tells it all. We have a responsibility as parents, not only fathers, to bring our children to that state of realizing the importance of serving God and loving God. You know, this year's theme is to serve. And if we want our children to serve, we have to do, our, we have to do the same. And you know, John Wesley actually said, shared about, about the acts of piety and works of mercy are two essential sides of the same coin. The early Methodists were known for their personal as well as their social holiness. Wesley did not allow either aspect to be neglected. Loving God, serving God are two essentials of the same coin. Okay? We are Methodists, so let us be responsible fathers to love and serve God together. I'm coming to the end of my sermon. I just want you to take a moment to consider, fathers, how can you serve God in Amokyo Methodist Church? Just take a moment to consider, how can you serve God in Amokyo Methodist Church? And if you're already serving, consider this. How can you serve God in Amokyo Methodist Church as an entire family as an entire family in summary absent fathers okay, do not be an absent father Israel was brought to their knees and into a state of anarchy due to many generations of absent fathers actually it started with one and it led to another 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 alien fathers we should not depend on alien fathers to nurture our children spiritually we should be fathering our children spiritually ourselves. God wants us to learn what it is like to be a father. If we you know our local term, subcontract, okay, that role or import an alien father to do that role, we miss out on what God wants us to learn and what God wants to teach us. Our children will not receive the love that we should be giving our, our, our children through this spiritual education. You know, teaching the spiritual education is a form of love too. Furthermore, God wants our children to teach us what it means to love. Accommodating fathers, the Levite was a high priest to do whatever Micah wants. Fathers are not high hands to do the bidding of men, but to do the bidding of God, to lead the family spiritually. You know, fathers have the responsibility, a very important responsibility to fulfill the spiritual mandate of God that God has placed in our hands. Fathers are to lead their families spiritually. And fathers have the societal responsibility to lead their families well. If you want a better society, it begins first in our families. In conclusion, the book of Judges 
what is the book of Judges all about? It is a call from God to God's people to return to Him. The book of Judges is all about that. It's a call from God to God's people to return to Him. And fathers, we have a crucial and important role to play. And that is to direct our children, our families, toward God. That's how crucial our role is. And if we miss out, or if we are absent fathers, you realize this, that our children will be absent too. And their children will miss out. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know how to get to God. Fathers, parents, we have a crucial, important role. You know, the, the song of dedication has got this, although it's by Hill songs, but it's very much beautiful because it speaks of what we need to do. In the first part, when, he's, when he says, when he mentioned in the first stanza, the word of Christ passed down through generations. The Son of God teaching us to pray, echoed words. Wow. Fathers, have your will, your, your way in me completely. You know, the first stanza of this hill song, you know, name of the title is Our Father, speaks of it all that we are to pass down through generations, you know, the word of Christ and the Son of God teaching us to pray through prayer. It's what we should be doing. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for this word that reminds us how important the role of Father is. Well, thank you, dear Lord, that is also a reminder to me that we are your image. As fathers of our family, we are your image. What we say, what we do, and how we respond to our children reflects you. We want our families to love you if you want our children to love you, we have to be good fathers in our families first. Because that is our most immediate and primary arena to share your word and to bring your word. So Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. And that may we also learn to love our children with a sacrificial love. May we also learn to love our children completely. And I pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.